Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Des Bishop Podcast. It is the final podcast of 2017. Today is December 31st. 2017. I am in Soho, in a hotel in Manhattan. Uh, nothing scandalous, just uh, I got a cheap room from Hotel Tonight. Uh, not an app that sponsors this podcast, but it is a great app if anyone's ever traveling Hotel Tonight, but you, you kind of have to book on the day. But there's good deals from time to time. Uh, so uh, I'm introducing a chat with Matteo Lane, a great, great comic that I've gotten to know over the last while. He he was waiting to do a set in the comedy cellar. I had finished my sets. Slightly rushed chat because he had to go and I had to go. But yeah, I still think it's nice. Final chat of 2017. Lighthearted. A bit of fun. Mateo is super gay. Uh, no, he's not afraid to uh, to express that immediately. And uh, it's a fun chat. Sort of uh, enjoying that. His, his sense of humor. And what a year 2017 has been. Let's... Let's keep moving forward in some aspects of what we've learned about in 2017. And then also let's, let's fear for the future of more Trump. Um, but anyway, first of all, I want to wish everybody a happy new year. New Year's resolutions. Absolutely, there will be more podcasts in 2018. Uh, I'm moving into the city, moving into Manhattan. January 25th, I, I got an apartment. I will be in Manhattan with a lot more spare time, uh, and my focus will be, you know, I'll, I'll be around where all the comics are, and we'll have a lot more chats. Um, perhaps we might even find out what the hell this podcast is about. It's my second New Year's resolution. What are we trying to achieve with this podcast? We're going to make sense of that, too. Um, where, as you've seen throughout the year, we'll, we'll put up, uh, you know, We'll put everything up, including when we don't look good. We won't be afraid to have conversations, um, which is important uh, for 2018 because, you know, as we've seen, so much is revealed, has been revealed in 2017. So let's keep revealing things in 2018 and let's keep helping each other to understand. Um, so with that in mind, none of that is discussed with Matteo. This couldn't be a more lighthearted conversation. So, again, Happy New Year. I'll talk to you at the end of the chat. This is Matteo Lane. Matteo Lane. Hi. Of course, I will have done all the bullshit intro beforehand. Okay, great. So, how's it going? Uh, I'm freezing, and I'm worried that this new Uniqlo jacket's going to make too much noise. I'm opening it up like that. My hand's freezing holding this microphone. And it's, it's, it's like a even, really... It's even sadder. I think it's Uniqlo. Uniqlo? Yeah, is it's that not you glow. Say? Uni I think it's a Uniqlo? I think so. I think it's a Q. 
Well, they got my business, so that's I think that's all they care about. It's a Japanese company, just in case you're wondering. No, I knew it was Japanese. They have some really cool shirts. My friend Kim Chi was telling me about because I like Pokemon <laughs> shirts, and uh, she was saying that there's um because I go to Old Navy and get like kids extra large. That seems to fit me best. It doesn't actually really? fit. Well, no, I mean it's embarrassing. Like it's too tight on me. But to me, I'm trying to get trade, so I'm like, yeah, I'll just I'll wear tight shirts. You're trying to get trade? Yeah. What is that a slang for? A uh, dick. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, how does it work? The tight shirts that works? No, um, I think so. I mean, when I wear a tight shirt, people are like, oh, what an asshole. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I generally speak, I've always liked wearing tight shirts. And so now it depends on where I go though, because like I will feel like weird going on stage like in a super tight shirt. So I normally like I'll wear like a hoodie or something. But if I'm going to like out with my friends and going to a gay bar, I don't wear I don't mind wearing a shirt that's and too small for me. And you're quite ripped. You're you're quite. Uh, I'm, that's all. I'm, people I'm, should I'm, check out Mateo. What's your Instagram? Mateo Lane. And Mateo. You should check it out immediately just to help you understand that I'm a giant homosexual. Yeah, and we're thought, in, we're in my car, so it's like myself and <laughs> when we were leaving the comedy cell, it's like, hey, because I, I just finished a spot. You have a spot in a while. It's like, hey, myself and Mateo are just going to the car for a while. Which so sound, there's the nothing. bad optics. And it doesn't help that you're like in a nice pea coat with a great fade. Oh yeah, we're I'm going working into that a car fade. in the West Village. I know, right? Well, back in the day, but nowadays. Well, back in the day, it would be like nowadays, right there on that bench. Like, oh, excuse me, there's a bunch of multi-millionaires that don't like the fact that you're doing yeah. 1985 things i know it's like gays we used to be so cool and now we've become like white picket fence i don't I know what happened to us you ruined the west village anyway the rich ones well gays i mean i always try to make the joke about gentrification with gay neighborhoods it's like people think we're making it nice for you but no we just want a street where we can wear a dress and not get killed <laughs> you know what i mean like we just want one street dedicated to men and women's clothing well, you know, I, I was a doorman in Chelsea in the 90s. You were? Yeah, a summer job. Where, okay, so Terrace what was Towers. Chelsea like in the 90s? Not to make you sound like Methuselah. No, but it was dirty gay. Yeah, but that's the fun gay. That's it was, the fun gay. It was dirty gay. One night, I mean, there used to be like all sorts of characters coming back home and, you know, guys are like leather, you know, like in like um, assless pants. Yeah, stuff. of course. But uh, one night this guy... A Tuesday. No, okay. One night, <laughs> this gays. guy, older gay guy, came home. He lived there, and I was doing the night shift. You know, I would just fill in for other guys. So I was doing 11 p.m. to 7 a.m., and he came in, and he was like, um, you know, do you, if you want to come upstairs, I'll suck your dick. And I was like, nah, man, I'm good. Like, I got to do my job. And he's like, yeah, well, you can do your job, or you can come upstairs and get a blowjob. And I was like, no, 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 it's good, man. So then it was probably stupid, but he, uh, I, I, I had ordered – takeaway like food and they didn't put a fork in the bag so i was like listen man i tell you what i need i need a fork uh and uh so he was like well you want to come upstairs for the fork oh my god <laughs> i was like no no please can you just put the fork on the elevator and press lobby like this just- man was like, you can't tell the, the same man in assless pants you can't say no no, no he wasn't in assless pants guy. oh he was just normal yeah 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 was he hot no, no. Well, I'm not a good gauge, but he no, he was. You're not. a good gauge. You can tell if a man is hot. No, no, this guy was not. No, he he was clearly beyond the realm of 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 what could okay. be considered hot. I got gotcha. you. You know, even yeah. if he was a billionaire, he would he would not be hot. Yeah, but uh, a- especially when I was younger, my price was a lot higher. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're young, it's like not for a billion dollars. <laughs> I love I love that we were like for a one we're like. That used to be the question all the time. It's like, for $100 million, would you suck a guy's dick? And it was like, once you like actually start paying bills, you're like, oh, yeah. 
Like a hundred percent. Trust me, my price is a lot lower than it used to be. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so I'm like, so whatever. Just give me the million. <laughs> it's such a stupid question. It's like, God, we just hate gay people. But but let, let's let's. Let I me... secretly was I, anyone who had the lowest bid. I was like gay. <laughs> I was always like looking, like marking down, like really, you said you'd do for a thousand dollars a packet. Like I was like <laughs> that, and then I then I was like keeping an eye on that one. I was like, oh, maybe maybe he's gay too. Oh yeah. It, it, you, the lower the price, the more potential. That's what I gay. thought. Oh, but before you come out of the closet, you're just desperate to find anybody yeah, else like, who listen, might be if gay. You have, if you don't have the money, it's fine. You can pay me later. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's let's learn a little bit about Mateo. Okay. Um, I I was I, I did the, the very quick bit of research. Oh, I'm sure you found my ass and like oh. RuPaul's Drag Race. No, I didn't actually see. No, I just quickly had a quick scones. I was more interested in the fact that you were a storyboard writer. Yeah, a draw artist, not even a writer. I was an artist. I illustrated the television commercials. Yeah, and fashion which I ads. Th- uh, so, so like, because I was curious about this. So, like, some uh, uh, what is it? An art director decides this is what the commercial is going to be. Every movie, cartoon show, um, and and a lot of stuff in advertisement, uh, they need a storyboard artist, which is basically the pre-production work. If the art, if the director has a vision and has to sell it to whatever company, they have to talk to the storyboard artist and say, okay, this is a. For example, I did a lot of drawings for DSW. So, all right, so we have a DSW commercial, which we'll get to them in a minute because I hate DSW. You know, there's a woman. She wakes up. She does this. Da da da. There's her shoes. Blah blah. Blah, like sometimes it's more fantasy, like oh, this woman wakes up, but she's a star, and um, or like I did a lot of hair commercials, I did Seven Up commercials, I did Lexus commercials, I did uh, Monopoly commercials, I did I, I drew a lot of commercials. Basically, you design what the commercial is going to look like step by step, and then they can use that for basically everyone say, okay, this inspiration. Um, it's less so much of an inspiration as like you're just designing what the commercial itself is going to look like. So well, that how much way, creative input do you have? Like, how much does your storyboard actually influence? A lot, a, a lot. I mean, I, the, a lot of the commercials. I mean, they'll give you lookbooks. So they'll say, "We want the woman dressed like this, and this is what the shoe that we're advertising looks like, or this is what the makeup products look like." So when it comes to that, you draw them exactly as is. But when it comes to the actual commercial, a lot of times it was pretty close. The thing is, a lot of people are not creative. They want someone creative to tell them what to do. So that's where the storyboard artist comes in and says, this is a great shot or great angle. And a lot of my training when I went to school was how to, you know, when like if you look at a movie, nothing's really like in a theatrical position. In other words, it's not like um, you're not looking at it just like a man, a woman. Like, you know, like you're sitting in a theater looking at it. This comes yeah. from different angles from behind the head. And you, you sort of guide who's talking based off. Oh, so you draw every even you, you draw the angle changes? Too? Yeah, I draw everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was great work. I mean, I studied at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago for oil painting, um, a la prima method. And I studied in Italy for a little bit for the same type of painting. But then my other part was fashion illustration and storyboarding. So when I left, I got a job right away as a storyboard artist. I was the youngest storyboard artist in uh, this company. I mean, it's like it's freelance. So it's like a storyboarding agency. You have an agent who hooks you up. But I because I did fashion illustration, let me put it this way. If you're an artist and you can draw really good looking women and draw them really quickly, you will work for the rest of your life. You will so why did you leave all that to do fucking comedy? Because I start, I don't know. I start, I well, I was also at that time doing on weekends because I sing. I was singing. Um, there was a kid. This this is you want to talk about shit kids. This was a cabaret group that I would go with, and I would sing. 
um, in between, it was at gay strip clubs all around Chicago, where I'm from Chicago. So every weekend I would go and there was really bad burlesque dancers and really bad drag queens. And in between strippers, I would sing songs at like four o'clock in the morning. And like everyone's there to see naked men. Yeah. Oh, people, they hated me. But I loved God, it. That's I a could, tough gig. Well, it, yeah. But I, but I loved it because I could sing Mariah or Barbara Streisand. I mean, they let me pick my own music. So at that point, I hadn't even thought of comedy yet. So I'm like, okay, I'll draw by day and somehow make it as a singer. And then it just never happened. Really? So you really, you fan- I mean, you have a great voice. You, Thanks. Uh, but uh, you, fa- you fancied that you had a chance to be like a... I just knew that I was attracted to the stage. I liked being on stage and I liked singing. And then somehow I fell into comedy. So that... Then I started doing comedy, but I got a drawing gig that moved me to New York oh. eight months into comedy, and this was a five and a oh, half so years ago. so you didn't ago. move here for comedy? No, I moved to, well, I, I, my, intentionally, yeah, it was like, a, a, once I became, once I started doing comedy, I was so addicted to it, I would do anything. I knew I had to come here, and I love New York. So I, my friend was like, hey, uh, we need an artist for this job, and I was like, I'll take it. Because he knew I was good enough to do it and fast enough. And so in 30 days, I moved to New York City. The first night I moved here, I went to an open mic. I just, my goal, the day one I moved here was like, I'm going to be, I'm going to leave this drawing job for comedy. And I did it three years ago. And you never, you never am- amalgamated the two skills? Um, yeah, I have. I've, I drew my own cartoon and I'm planning on selling it. I have like a shopping deal agreement and stuff. And I also have my own um comic book out right now with bob the drag queen it's called kick-ass drag queen and all it's oh, all cool. on, you have a comic book yeah it's all on instagram right now oh cool because i was gonna say it's that that's to me sounds like do you want to see what it looks like i mean sure. we, i guess yeah well if you just look it up but I it's about one, a, i did one show with bob the drag queen did you really bob's one of my best friends hosting yeah he was hosting uh she he it doesn't matter was hosting bob's unique in the sense that his name's bob the drag queen yeah so yeah, you yeah, can yeah. say he or she and it doesn't yeah, matter yeah it's it's a conf- it's confusing yeah. on the name front but uh but to gays anything can be a she inanimate objects men women and sometimes even in my own friends like oh well she was the worst because she i'm like wait guys honestly are we talking about a, a boy or girl they're like eh, it's a boy i'm like oh, okay but everything's a she well bob bob was, yeah it was good you know what i liked about bob the drag queen like, don't get me wrong, I'm not dissing on drag acts. Sure. But, like, the comedy quality is just as high as the performance quality with Bob the Drag yeah. Queen. Bob is such a good is, comic. Yeah. He came with me, because he does an hour of stand-up when he goes on the road. And he uh, he started doing stand-up at New York Comedy Club. And that's when he was Kitten with a Whip. That was his original drag name. <laughs> and, uh, and it's, you know, it's bad and we all make fun of him for it. But um, he... He's so fucking funny. I would put it like if he went up at the cellar just to dress as himself, he'd murder. Because it's yeah, not absolutely. drag humor, it's just comedy. But he likes the drag. He likes putting on all the stuff. He's yeah. Because like, I was, he came with me out of drag and did clothes, uh, did shows with me. And just normal stand Just normal stand Murdered. People were like, who the fuck was that? Yeah, and no, I'm like, I knew, oh, that's... I knew that guy was good. I could see it. Like, he's just a natural, like, razor sharp with the crowd. And quick. what's crazy is, like, straight people because they're not in that world. Bob is world famous. Like, famous. He has 800,000 Instagram followers. Really? Yes. He sells out, like, Damn. thousands of people in theaters. Sure they got a fucking selfie with that motherfucker, man. Come hang out with us. God damn it. Come hang out. But it's crazy to me, because, like, one time I was opening for Jay Farrow at Caroline's, and Bob was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm at Caroline's. Come down and hang out with me. He's like, okay. So Bob starts coming down the stairs, just as a normal self, and the, a show is getting out. And a lot of men walk right by him, but then their girlfriends stop and go, <gasps> they're like, you're Bob the drag queen. Everyone's like, who, who, what, who, what? And uh, Bob had no idea who Jay Fair was. No. And Jay had no idea who Bob was. Yeah. I didn't know who Bob was until I started working with him. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like, mean, that, Bob that, would love that I, we made this podcast about him. Well, it's an interesting world that you're in. I mean, I had a, a brief. Uh, I don't do drag, FYI, for those listening. No, but you have a lot of like. Well, uh, uh, so the people that I met so when you were doing um, Colbert, mm-hmm. Killian Murphy was on. So I happened to be backstage that yeah. night, <laughs> and uh, y- you had a few of your other. Are any of those drag people? Yeah, yeah. Naomi Smalls was with me, uh, who's like really famous <laughs> also yeah yeah she's and she's stunning as a boy and girl but as a girl specifically she looks like a supermodel so she's she's like a very famous drag queen and then my friends taylor and patty who both dabble in drag especially my friend patty yeah i, I, I would i you know what my problem is because like i don't i would be so <laughs> ugly as a drag queen <laughs> and i can't walk in heels like bob has his well, heels you around do, like, the house you should do like miss mario brothers or something miss mario brothers i could be like the shitty princess like um luigia yeah luigia i, mean, I was thinking luigia because you make you make a mario brothers joke right don't you um i say i have a deli face oh deli face that's it you have a deli face i do which my another friend of mine trixie mattel i literally am friends with all these drag queens uh another only, friend of mine trixie she, mattel she, jesus christ she only, it's like you live in a fucking cupcake land i kind of do <laughs> i you think of i well my friend milk my friend yeah i went to if anyone watches drag race you'll know all these queens but it's so funny because I, I went to go see cats for free they was like a gay night at cats i'm like every night's gay night at cats. Yeah. and um i just think it's so funny because I went with my friend Milk and I thought it was funny I went with someone named Milk to see cats. I was like, this is... Well, awesome. Harvey Milk and all that. You know? That's true, yeah. You, know, you could true. give it a bit of depth if you wanted. Nah, just Milk. Yeah. <laughs> just a six foot tall hot man. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I am kind of fascinated by that world. You know, you, It works the same as comedy. I'm well, not you're, kidding you. You're... you're, you're no, not not the drag world. Oh. Just the... the Gay the world, gay world in yeah. the sense that I mean I know plenty of gay guys, but you're particularly good at articulating the fun of it. Mm. Al Porter in Ireland was too, but unfortunately he has fallen into disrepute. I sort of quickly sort of maybe well, mentioned that to you, but uh, I was about to do a Liza Minnelli impression for you. Do it. Well, I was going to say a lot of times people really fallen. I have broke my knee, <laughs> and it, I remember the first thing my mother said to me. She said, "Liza, call an ambulance," but. My father was a director. <laughs> I, I, I know what it's like to be down on, in bad shape, but I just sing after brain encephalitis. <laughs> now the gays love that, right? Uh, yeah, older. That's Judy gays Garland's get, daughter. Yeah, but the the gays who appreciate Liza, because some younger gays are like, every gay knows who Liza Minnelli is. But I do Liza like after stroke seven. You know what I mean? I, I, like a lot of gays will do like the I'm Liza and I'm young and I'm just sh- you know. But I'm like I busted my knee. <laughs> so it, you oh oh after strokes. Yeah. Seven, I'm sorry, I, didn't I had brain encephalitis. Just, everything was seemed a lot of fun. So you go for more tragic Liza. Yeah, she's really funny. And it, according to Liza, everyone in her life was hysterical. People don't know this about Michael Jackson, but <laughs> he was really funny. He was funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Michael Jackson was funny. I don't think he ever said anything funny, Liza. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll never know. No, I don't think we'll never. I've never I would, seen him on camera being funny. I mean, I don't. It's, it's like there's. It's always like Janet Jackson. Every one of her songs, she's always laughing. <laughs> You're always doing that, Janet. You've never thought or said anything funny in your entire life. <laughs> None of the Jacksons have. Your dad beat it out of you when you were kids. You've never thought of anything funny. But they all want to make you think they're all happy, <laughs> and they're so, not. 
So is is also being a total bitch. It's all like stereotypes that are true. To being gay? Yeah. I don't know. I think that I it's hard to generalize because I think you know, I I'll put it this way: anytime you're like on the your voice is on the fringe or you feel disenfranchised in any way, you do become like defensive. So I think a lot of gay, like a lot of, there's a lot of healing the gay community has to do, including myself. I have a lot of self-hate. I have a lot of shame. And I, I think it's getting better. But like, you know, even doing stand-up gay, because it's, it is the, the single minority in comedy is being a gay man. Single minority. It's just there's no famous gay male comedian who's made it in the same steps as in America? prior. Yeah, in America, very different uh, other places, but in America they, they don't exist in the in the way really? that Richard Pryor does or yeah. or Bill Burr. Nobody or, look back on. And and definitely lesbians have made it. I mean, lesbians are killing it. Ellen and uh, Judy Gold and I mean, Jessica Kirsten and yeah. Cameron Esposito and Tignataro and Margaret Cho and just a lot of women who you know aren't. You know, a lot of women have made it, but gay men were still it were it's happening now in a lot of ways. That's interesting. John Early and Joel Kim Booster and Julio Torres and you know because uh, we have Solomon Graham Georgia. Norton, we have Alan Carr. Alan Carr, you have the my favorite comedian, Alan Carr. He's <laughs> <is> so funny. <laughs> I went to a boot and shoe museum and got kicked out because I pulled out a Mary Antoinette shoe and said, "Do you have this in a size 6? <laughs> I mean, that's good. You're playing to the right audience. I now you, I now you finally found an audience of people who actually it, know oh, who you're talking I about. I love... My favorite thing is... Me dad you've, been wait, you've been doing that fucking impersonation. Oh, and no, no nobody one, knows no who you're talking about. No one gives a shit. <laughs> I go and have a kick about me, brother. And my dad would scream, Kick the ball, you puff! Kick the ball! You hear something enough times. <laughs> I love Alan Carr. He had a great interview with Lindsay Lohan when she was in her crackiest of crack days. And he was so funny. He's like... I said, Arthur and Martha now. And she's like, what? Are you on the cock, dear? I mean, like, <laughs> you could never say that in America. He's incredible. Yeah, but he is great fun, and he's a super nice guy. He's so nice. When I met him, he was so, and I, like, and I never, we meet famous people all the time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just pretend they're not famous. Like, I just met Amy Schumer, and I had to pretend, like, oh, hi, I'm Mateo. No, I know exactly who you are. It's, I'm trying to, my hardest to pretend I'm being normal right now. But I'm excited that I'm meeting Amy Schumer. But he came by, and I lost my mind. I was like, really? oh, my God, Alan Carr. I'm like, I'm, I can't, I'm, we were both there from Montreal Comedy Festival. And I was like, I'm a comedian. I'm here. But I'm like, I'm like, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, I came down to do a couple of shows and all and all. And it, it was so nice. Yeah, he's super. He's, a, he's yeah. a super cool guy. But he he's famous, but he can't, you know, he's a working class dude from Manchester. He's yeah. Not, you know, he's not like, he's not super fancy or anything. I don't, who gives a shit? Very normal. I prefer that. No, I know, but he, he, he has kept that. He but has, but kind of back to what you were saying, gay, comedy for gay guy. Like for me, the first time I cared about comedy was when I saw Joan Rivers. Oh, really? It was because her, Kathy Griffin, they, they were the ones who spoke our language. That's why it was always fascinating to me that people loved comedy. Like, like there's these guys who have been obsessed with comedy since they were kids because those guys were talking directly to them. It was relatable. I just never was able to relate. Uh, now I can appreciate it as a comedian, but I was never as a kid. I couldn't relate to... I don't know what the like I couldn't relate to anything the straight comics were yeah, saying. Yeah, you weren't looking at Chris Rock and going, He's speaking to me. No, I I mean yeah. now I know he's a genius, but when I saw Joan Rivers, it was it was like eye opening. I was like <gasps> I was like, This is the first time I feel like I've ever been spoken to. Well, you know, which is amazing. you know, it's amazing because I have noticed that like my gay friends love 
the likes of Joan Rivers, Kathy Griffin. You know what it is? Because they're actually angry. They're angry about the same shit we're angry about. They hate men. They're beaten down. They're treated like shit. And they're furious. And it's a catharsis and an anger that we relate to. Yeah, because like I watch. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One or two of the gay servers in the comedy cell I watched, like Jessica Carson, for example. Oh, they die. die. Jessica makes me laugh harder than anyone. I mean, she makes me laugh pretty hard, too. But, like, I I have noticed that it's something deeper with the gay guys. Yeah, I go into a gay room and they cross their arms and say, We hear this at brunch. Where's Kathy Griffin? (laughs) I mean, they don't give a shit. I know. It's it's hard. I, I met her once, actually. But, yeah, the gays love her. Uh, Kathy Griffin, I will love forever. Trump supporters love her too. <laughs> I love Kathy Griffin. Ellen actually was my first CD. Really, I, my very first CD. I loved the Ellen Show, and it was a, and I still listen to that CD. I but, go back, but and, she crosses the old, you know she she's universal. She's, Joan was a lot more controversial than Ellen. I mean, Joan walked this. She opened shows by walking out and saying. First of all, if you're old, pick up your walkers and crawl out of here, you old crumbs. I hate old people. I hate ugly people. If you're a lesbian, move to the back of the room. If you're gay, move to the front. <laughs> so she was like, come on. Yeah. She was, you guys yeah. Like, yeah. And it was like, I mean, she was so. Yeah. Joan Rivers is the greatest comedian of all time in my in my. Really? Yeah. There's no one. No one is funnier to me than Joan Rivers. No one. I really, truly think she's the funniest comedian of all time. Did you cry when she died? Yeah, that's the only celebrity I've ever cried at. Really? The only. I don't give a shit. People, I hate. So embarrassing when, like, you know, celebrities die. And people are like, this so much to me. And it's like, grow up. You didn't know that person. But Joan, I mean, look at the back of my phone right now. I'll show you. It's Joan. I still have Joan. She's like my, because I'm not religious, but I do, like, I just will, like, speak out to be like, yeah, every once in a while I'll be like, Joan. You well, pray to John. I used to pray to kinda, Bill Hicks. Yeah, kind of like I love, love Bill Hicks, um, but Joan. Yeah, she. Uh, I remember what happened is she, you know, went to cardiac arrest, and I every day I would look at the news to see like what was going on. So I went to Montreal. Was a new face. I came back, and I had this like you know you go on those, those stupid generals and stuff. And so I went to this meeting. It was with ABC, some casting director, 
And it, right before I walked in, I checked my phone. It was like, no news on Joan. Went in, had a meeting, 20 minutes, came out, and Joan had died. Whoa. And I never cry, ever. And I called my mom, and I started crying. But she, but she, you know, for me, it's the only reason I'm doing comedy. It's the only reason I have interest in it. It's changed my life. She, I was storyboarding. I was 18. I was storyboarding in college for a thing. I had to do 300 drawings in a night. And so I wanted to watch something. And so I was really into Kathy Griffin. And so one of the specials on the computer said Joan Rivers. It was a Bravo special from 2007. And I put it on. And I have never felt that in my life ever. The pencil was down. I was laughing so hard I couldn't breathe. I've, I've, I've memorized it. I've watched it every day since. It's just a huge influence oh, on me. Oh, that's amazing. That one performance can have such a But that's effect. also a very gay thing. I find a woman and latch on and never let go. Like Maria, is that a gay thing? Yeah, oh, we all have our divas. Like Mariah Carey? Yeah, but Mariah, who's now 45 wearing quinceanera dresses, is I've lost a lot of I've lost a lot of my and You know, you're not worried about that being ageist? I don't care. <laughs> She's wearing dresses she shouldn't wear. I mean, oh, there's right. no way around it. She looks like an idiot. Um, she looked like a centaur when I saw her. I mean, she wore this like bathing suit with like a bow and she came out and I was like, "It's a Christmas concert. Why are you wearing a bathing suit?" Um, <laughs> But yeah, Maria Callas is my number one diva. Gays will all talk to you about what divas. I was okay. So me, Bob the Drag Queen, my friend Monet Exchange, Pixie Aventura. <laughs> we all sat around the computer and watched Wendy Williams fight Amarosa. Paused every two seconds like it was a football game. Discuss what we had heard. Press play. Pause again. Discuss what you heard. Get all riled up in it like it's a football game. Well, that should. Be, why haven't you pitched that to Bravo? Because you know Andy Cohen's already got that. But Andy Cohen's the gay guy for Bravo. Oh, yeah, because I actually didn't know who he was, and then he's showing up on these New Year's things with Anderson Cooper, and I, I was like, I guess they're the fucking gay mafia, right? I guess so, but I'm fine with that. You know, you're, they you're seem cool fine. with them? Yeah, I... I kind of like Anderson Cooper. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm The more the merrier to me. I don't understand. Like, people, gay men, I was in a room where Sam Smith was up against Lady Gaga for the Oscar, and then Sam Smith won, and everyone booed. I thought, this is the problem. And I know Sam Smith says stupid things, and he said stupid he said comments stupid about not knowing. Oscars, yeah. And he looks like the Bird Woman from Home Alone too. But listen, we have to stop being so self-hating. Actress, by the way, Brenda uh, Fricker. Oh yeah, she, <laughs> I'll never forget. Oh, Kevin, you know, uh, she was also um, the foster mother in Angels in the Outfield. Oh really? Mm-hmm. My family, for some reason, has a big joke she about was the mother that woman. In my left foot too. In my left foot? She won an Oscar. She's an Oscar winner. She is. Yeah. She seems good. Yeah. She seems like she could do another film. She's good. She is the she Susan the Boyle of the 90s. No! I don't know. Susan. What's Susan Boyle doing? Bag and groceries in the UK? I, I, I don't know. I think there may be some mental health issues there. I would hope so. <laughs> See, I'm not gay, so I have a limit to. <laughs> I mean, it's not. I'm not saying I, anything mean, I, I, but no, it's I, like <laughs> she came out. She was ugly. We were surprised she could <laughs> sing. She made it. We were happy. She did that one Christmas album. We haven't heard from her ever since. This woman—that's the best thing that ever happened to her, right? <laughs> she made it. She's fine. She, she made it. She got Botox. Good for her. She she had her moment. She could yeah. chill out for the rest of her life yeah, now. Yeah, I think she she's probably chilling in a padded room. <laughs> Is this horrible? No, no. But you know, you got to understand that uh, she she probably carries a bit more weight on the other side of the Atlantic. You did just call her fat. No, like you did. I'm saying because she was famous from the UK. I know, but I uh, wanted you to laugh harder at that. <laughs> it was an easy fat joke. <laughs> the thing is, like, people are so upset about how PC culture is, but you go to a drag show and then out oh, the I window. Know. They don't give a fuck, man. No, they don't give. What a are you gonna fuck. say to a six foot tall man with his tick duck 
dick tucked in between his legs and heels with a wig. It's like, so, oh, you've been through shit. So, because uh, bef- I'm going to start driving back to the cellar now. <laughs> yes. Or we're going to keep talking. Oh, okay, great. That seems so, ethical. Our driving, no, our driving uh, is not uh, to distract from our conversation, but I did, uh, the other thing I noticed when I was doing a bit of research is uh, you had like a ghosting thing. Oh, yeah, I have a Snapchat show called Ghost Hunt. Yes. And do you, do you know what's crazy about Snapchat? I, we did a full television show, right? Full production, a month and a half. I was out in L.A., filmed the show, eight episodes. They're only four minutes long. You know how many views it gets on Snapchat? How many? Seven million. Get out. No, I'm not making a joke. On, on which? Um, on Snapchat. No, but which Snapchat? Snapchat. No, not, I, know. I know. I'm saying Snapchat itself is making cre- their own content. No, I know that, but where, where do they put it? Oh, on the Discover page every Tuesday. But oh. now they're bringing the next season, next four episodes out in. Um, what Sorry about the it? beeping. That's I'm farting. That's um. I have a fucking, I have a gay force field on my penis, and and it's <laughs> it's really upset. Mateo is, Mateo, get away. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is gonna be your this. I love this car. Just they must be so confused why I'm holding a microphone. Yeah. Well, I guess it's New York. So oh, this guy's just waiting for the spot. Was that rude that I said that? That I get seven million views. No. All right, sorry. You're worried about that and not worried about fucking making fun of Susan Boyle's mental health. I didn't make fun of her mental <laughs> health. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. So, um, I find it, uh, in New York, I don't know why, but I'm just much more aware of like dating etiquette is a real disgust thing here. Oh, yeah, of course. That's all you talk about. I, I hadn't heard the word ghosting until about nine months ago. Yes. My cousin Kelly introduced me to ghosting 10 years ago. But is that a do gays ghost? Gays do we ghost. That's how you, that is gay dating is ghosting. You ever heard the old stupid hack joke? What, okay. What does a lesbian bring on a second date? What? A U-Haul. <laughs> what does a gay bring on a second date? What? What second date? Oh. So get it? You know, gays, yeah, we, we ghost each other a lot. It's a yeah, thing. Yeah, I guess because it's just men on men. You know, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of like these kind of like stereotypical assumptions I make that are maybe borderline offensive if I was like to articulate them no, completely freely. It'd be offensive but, if you were like, those faggots. Well, you know, my assumption about faggots is that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, no, but because I'm a man and I know how horrible men can be sometimes, mm-hmm. even though they don't mean it. Like, I don't mean it. I don't mean to suddenly like not give a shit, but sometimes it just no, it just happens. The the the, the switch flicks, and suddenly I, I you know I'm indifferent. Yeah. Uh, so I often wondered, you know, like in Ghostbusters, you can't cross streams. Like, what happens when you cross that sort of stream of indifference with two people that are the same? Yeah, you just don't talk to each other when you see each other at a party again. You're like, oh, I could hook up again. Yeah, and is that is that good or like, yeah? That's you- a, okay. This is a gay example, right? A guy I met on Instagram who's beautiful, lives in Cleveland. We were messaging each other, and we really got to like each other. And I was like, you know, you should come out to New York, and that would be awesome. You could stay with me. We could have a nice little weekend. And he was like, I would love to do that. That was like in late November. And then a couple weeks ago, I met this guy from Spain and just fell hell- head over heels for this guy. And he and I are talking like really seriously. It's like kind of crazy and I'm like not even sure what I'm doing. But he wants to come visit and I was like, okay. So I called the guy from Cleveland. I was like, listen, while I fell for this dude, I'm so sorry, uh, but I can pay for your ticket. You know, I just want to let you know that's what's happening. Was, yeah, no worries. That that happens. He's like, but I'd still like to hang out. I was like, that'd be great. Let's go out to dinner. I know a great Italian place. Great. So he's going to come here, get an Airbnb, and then we'll just hang out as friends. You think so? Oh, yeah. That's fine. But that's like 
So now you're saying you're in love with you? It's a fucking with the Spanish guy. But I'm just saying this is Have you like. you met him? No. I'm telling you I'm crazy. I'm like yeah, a that's crazy, crazy person. Come on, man. That's just a fucking infatuation right now. You're going to. How do you know it's going to become something? Nah, I don't, but I'm also bored. Yeah, but it's not. I, listen, I've had like I've fallen in love. Not bored. I'm kidding. I just I've fallen in love in the scenario that you're dealing with, but it's never the same. When it... it may not be, and that's fine. But I'm also trying. Listen, I'm very career driven, and I'm very busy with my career. And by busy with my career, I played Mario Kart all day. Um, I, uh, but I'm just focused on that, and I feel like oh, there's Adrian Appalucci. Hey, Adrian, Appalucci. You want to say, Adrian, you want to say anything? She's supposed to be on this podcast soon, too. Adrian. Yeah, I'm doing the podcast. Yeah, uh, uh, this is. Stole that idea from me. I do no, podcasts I fucking t- in the excuse, car. excuse me. I was doing podcasts in the car <laughs> before no, you were not. doing podcasts. Maybe hey, in this Ireland. Is, this is Adrian Appalucci, our next guest on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you guys driving to? Well, now I'm driving him back because we're nearly done. Oh, you know? nice, nice car. He gave me 10 grand for a fucking blowjob, so it's worked out great. It's worth it. I'm yeah. going to get hit by a car. That's my 42-year-old. will no, be fine. That's my 40... Well, I got a green light now, so I got to go. Goodbye. Bye. I'm following you both shows tonight. Well, that'll be easy. No, I love you. I love her. I love her. Now I sound like Liza Minnelli. She's no, really funny. She's one of my favorites. Oh, she's... She is as caustic so funny. as they come. She, man, she's, she's next in line for the podcast. She's She's great. She's great. I, I, I've been a bit lazy with it lately, so I've said it to her a number of times and haven't sort of like... Do you have a lot of Irish listeners on this podcast? Only Irish so, listeners. You know what's funny? Okay, so I am... Do I look Irish to you at all? Not in any way, shape, or form. What do I look to you? Like Italian. Like an yes. Italian gay. Yes. But I'm <laughs> half Irish. Really? Because my dad is Irish. His blood is Irish. He's not like, oh, it's cheat. Like, he's not like from Ireland. There's no connection to like our Irish heritage. But my dad is Irish. My mother is Italian and Mexican. But for some reason, uh, now I'm like the triforce of like, uh, or the trifecta of Catholicism. But like, I have no <laughs> connection to my Irish heritage. My last name is Irish. I know. I saw the lane, and I was wondering, because you're so Italian. You speak yeah, Italian. Yeah, I speak Italian. I've, well, I grew up in the same block as my first 22 cousins. That's my mom's side. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we are wildly whoppy. Yeah. But my dad's family, just no connection to them. I barely spoke to his parents. Like, I have, like, four cousins on that side. But in reality, I'm half Irish, and I know nothing of my Irish heritage. But I want to go to, and I look, I don't look well, Irish Well, I think you would love Dublin. Oh, I'm you know, sure I would love it. it Irish guys are hot. It's a fun city. There's a good gay scene for you there. I can't do an Irish accent as much as I try. Try it. Do a shitty one. Oh, um, tati tatar. I mean, I, I have no idea how to do it. Um, oh, <laughs> do do uh, do like um, you you you've swiped right on a on an Irish guy on Grinder. Okay. And uh, you 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 call him. And I have to be Irish? You have to be both, you and him. Oh, okay. Sorry, I know this um, is like an hi. improv. No, I'll try my best. Oh, hi. I'm terrible at improv. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. How are, how are you doing today? I think I'm doing like the mom from Bobby's World. Oh, Bobby, don't you know? I'm a, I'm a Wisconsin mom. That's my Irish accent. I'm just curious to think what you think. British like I Irish, can do. Do like, do, do like an Irish gay guy. A girl. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea how to do it's all right. You're, I you're, can't. Irish accent's hard. But the shittier you are, the better it is. It like, kind of, you know, like in, this, in this situation. I wouldn't even. Oh, titty girl. <laughs> girl, what you got? That's Jamaican. I have no idea. <laughs> well, there's a connection between the Jamaican accent and the Irish accent. Is there? Oh, no, officially, yeah. Really? Yeah, oh, I'm then I wasn't bore you that... with the history of it, but you're not far off. Well, this, this sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> this Liza. I can do a great Liza. I can't do Irish. British, I, I can kind of do. 
you can't do uh you can't do like Maureen Maureen O'Hara in Gone with the Wind or in um in um fucking The Quiet Man? No. Um, I wouldn't know how to do it. But, but you know, British Julia Childs I can do. <laughs> Like, what about the Great British Bake Off? Any? I love it, Mary Berry. Early hundreds. I love it. She's walking around with that. Cl- I don't claw watch, it, but hand. I know people that listen to this. Too. She, I just love that show because it's like American TV shows. You know, it's everything's so stressful. Like people when they introduce themselves in American TV shows, it can't just be like my name's Tom. It's like, like hi, my name's Tom, and I love to cook. It has to be like my name's Tom. I'm riddled with cancer. My house is on fire. I need this. And the British, <laughs> and the British Bake Off's just like my name's Martha, and I love sheep. I mean, that's it. <laughs> it's great. Do you ever watch the Antiques Roadshow? No, I'm not even that gay. Oh, yeah, no, that'd be. That'd Isn't be, those gay brothers who host the show or something? That's Antiques, some other show, I think. Antiques Roadshow. Is it a British show? Yeah, the Antiques it's an Roadshow? old school British show. Oh, hello, <laughs> um, pip, 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 pip. Uh, this. What? How much is this? I think you'd enjoy it. They go to like fairs and then they 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 people guess prices and. Oh, this sounds horrible. Appraise. I can't believe that's TV. Watch it. I know. But you would also think old people baking in a tent would exactly. make a lot of... The British Bake Off is such a hit in America, and I love it so much. I don't... And every time I talk to British people out, they're like, no, I don't like it. But well, it's, it's like, pretty big in, in... I understand that, but they need to understand the comparison, because we are stressed out by the Food Network. That to us, we're like, oh my God. Like, when we see them helping each other in challenges, we are afraid someone's going to get shot. <laughs> It's Pavlovian response. I'm like, I've never seen a contestant help another contestant out. They, You know, you get that show chopped. They open up a basket and there's duct tape and an eel. And then they're like, make an apple pie or a family member dies. You know, and the British Bake Off is like, oh, I've accidentally chopped my bread again. No worries. Hey, let me help you. I'm just doing Alan <laughs> Carr for everything. That's all I can do Alan, Alan Carr, Carr does for the Great British Hello. Welcome to back to the Great British Bake Off. Today, we're going to be making a Swiss roll. So, you have 30 seconds to make this Swiss roll. On your marks, get set, bake. I, I know. Married. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I met his agent. His agent was nice. Hannah Chambers? I think that was his name. Her name? Oh, he? Oh, it was a guy. I have no idea. Oh, yeah. He was glasses and seemed kind of gay, but he was British. I had no idea. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who his agent It doesn't matter. Yeah. Was I, By the way, I want to talk to you more, but I have to go because I have other obligations, which is frustrating for me because I don't really want to finish the conversation. I think I said frustrating. Sorry, did I get a bit more Irish there? It was, yeah, because we would say frustrating, but I enjoyed that. Frustrating. Yeah, I can go. I, I told you I talked too much, so no, I can no, go. No, no, it's not that you're talking too much. It's just I have to bloody go, which is annoying. You know, I have to go, too. I, I feel have a, like 20 minutes I got to go. Yeah, you have, a, you have a spot. I feel like an incomplete conversation, which is great because then we can – I'll have you on the podcast again soon. I would love – that would be fabulous. You I know what you, I would love to do as well? What? If you don't mind doing it sooner rather than later. Again, separate to this because this is this. Even though you guys have a podcast already, I thought it might be fun if, if you and Emma were on. Oh, I, w- I was time. just about to invite you on our three. podcast. Well, yeah, I can do three in the car. But. <laughs> I love that. Do you always do it in the car? No, but in these situations, it's handy in the car. Sometimes I drive around more because the driving, it just depends Helps on the you scenario. Think. They say but that. Don't listen to Appalucci because it's not, you know, she's full of shit. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I, I was in the car well before she was in the car. They actually say that men, when you're in confrontation, if you, if you, like, if you are a woman and you want to talk to a man and you want to confront him about something, go on a walk or go do something where they're moving or driving because men are worse when they're making direct eye contact and confrontation. And so it's better to have them look away at something. Because it allows them to open up more. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for women out there, like, I want to sit down and talk to you about something. No, go on a walk. Then you'll get more out of your... But I think just in general, like, if you're in a relationship and you're arguing, or doing anything while you're arguing is a good idea. 
Because mm-hmm. 50% of what you're dealing with is just the emotions of the moment. I know. See as that, opposed to the actual reality of the situation. I think I might be single forever. Because of that? But that's because yeah, you I have just that Italian hothead. temper. Yeah. I'm a hothead. But it's good for the stage. All right, I'll let you go. Well, listen, uh, before you go, while you're still in the car, I'll praise you. I, I, you're gonna I say, think I, the future is bright for you. I've oh, really thanks. enjoyed. Uh, I mean, I'd seen you already, but since you got past at the cellar, you, you've made a real splash. Are you feeling confident for the future? Um, yeah, I feel that out of. I feel great. I feel very happy and very blessed. And you know, there's a lot of pressure performing here, and there's a lot of pressure. Like you know, you just want I, to me. I just want to impress my peers and impress Esty. I just want to make sure that like to me, the whole goal with comedy is like I just want to be one of the guys. Like it seems so cool. Like I love the conversations around the table. I love the diversity. I love the difference of opinions. I love the you know, com- we're all weird people. Yes. Comedians are weird people, and even I haven't felt this accepted or a part of a community even being gay. Comedians really? make me, yeah, I feel way more. Well, there is a good community with the cellar, which is yeah. more than, uh, you know, more than normal. Just but my sure. my favorite thing is late night discussions and conversation, and this is that's what I'm most excited about. And obviously the shows and the staff, I mean, they're incredible. But outside of that, I'm very happy, I'm very blessed, and I hope I don't fuck it up. You're not going to fuck it up, man. That's the Italian to me. Everything's going well. Something bad's coming. My grandma. We're not, okay, real quick, and then I'll go. When I was a kid, we had this family tree thing. We had to ask our grandparents, what does it mean to be blank? So I go to my grandma and say, Grandma, what does it mean to be Italian? Thinking she's going to say food or love or family. She goes, when everything's going right, something has to be wrong. I was like, okay, thanks, <laughs> thanks Nana. Uh, I know, but I think a lot of comedians feel that, though. When it's, yeah. when it's pumping, it's like, when's it all going to fall apart? Yeah, you know? but I'm trying to enjoy the moment. I'm trying to just say, you know what? I'm happy. I'm enjoying the moment. Um, yeah, so I feel good. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it, it's good to enjoy it here. It'd be great if we got paid more. But <laughs> no, I get paid great. This is fabulous. I'm. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, no one's going to listen to it. I, <laughs> I'm just saying it's a lot of fun. All right, well. Enjoy your spot. I will. Are you, you so have a spot here? Or where are you going? I'm done now. I'm done. Oh, work. I, okay. I, I'm just going to meet some friends. Oh, tomorrow's New Year's, so I won't see you because I'm not here. I'm here. But I'm, I'm here the day after, so I'm sure I'll see you. Well, thank you so much. Get out of my car. Oh, I'll, okay. I'll even use the I'll even use the sound effect of the end of our oh, podcast. Oh, this is so, you, so you, metal. You getting out of my car? <laughs> All right. Have a good night. I'll see you later. See you. Bye. bye. So thank you, Mateo. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um. Let's see each other probably next week. Um, and let's, yeah, I mean, I'm not a big believer in New Year's resolutions, but if you have them, try to, uh, try to, uh, you know, keep them. Uh, you'll be seeing, I, I will be more in New York this uh, 2018, but I have a new special coming out on RT Player in March, which I recorded uh, back in November. So that's edited and done, and RT Player are relaunching as like a content site, like an Irish Netflix, so to speak. So look out for that. I'm not exactly sure the date, but that'll come out, and I'm very happy with it. So even though I'll be gone, I'll be there. Uh, I'm in Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney, and Perth, end of March to the beginning of May. Other than that, I'll be in the U.S. I'm in Boston. I'm in Carolines in New York. I'm in clubs in Long Island. I'm in Calgary, Alberta, the beginning of Feb, if anybody's in Calgary. I'm in, uh, when I come back from Australia, I'm playing in Minnesota, Arizona, uh, Washington, D.C., um, and a few other spots, which I haven't uh, checked on my uh, 
on my calendar. Um, I'm sure there'll be other things to report, but uh, 2018 is more of an international year for me. Uh, if you're in Dublin, don't forget to check out the International Comedy Club run by my brother, Aiden Bishop. Um, I'm hoping to do some more stuff. Uh, I just got this silly idea for like YouTube slash Instagram videos, but I'll, I'll tell you about that another time. Uh, hopefully, I'm also going to work on a script with Ursula Carlson, who uh, was on the podcast earlier in the year. Um, if you haven't been listening to this podcast for very long, do go back and listen to all the great chats. Um, uh, and that's it. That is it. An end of a year. Okay. Thank you so much. And um, Happy New Year in Chinese. Um, and uh, thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.